Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, everyone. Hi there. Welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jen. I'm Jess. You were pointing at me and I was like, yeah, what? Oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Listen, I have got to hear the scoop with this botanist. I know. I like that. I like that we, uh, I mean, I don't like that you're so busy and I'm so busy that we're having trouble with the scheduling, but it's not just the scheduling. We're, we're delving into some of our worlds with these, these interviews. Were so. you in hog heaven? I just got to know, were you in hog heaven? I mean, truly, you'll hear from the interview, like I wanted to be on a trip with her out in the gardens to be truly in hog heaven because we're, we're going deep on like Jen's loves. On this one, we have a beauty botanist named Jennifer Hirsch. I just realized we had the same name. That's weird. Anyway. <laughs> 
I don't know why I didn't realize that before. I hope you like it, Jess. I hope you I hope you learned something too. You know, she actually studied at the Royal Botanic Gardens. And I know you- Oh, cool. Yeah, at Kew in, in um, Kew. just outside yes. London. So, so I, I just, whenever I think of, <laughs> you know, England and flowers, you know, I get a Jess Mountain vibe. So anyway, she's a consultant who works with food, beverage, and beauty companies to help them use botanical ingredients more effectively. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, she, she has a diploma of horticulture from the Royal Botanic Gardens, like I just said. She's also been a garden designer. And then she began studying ethnobotany and she's worked with governmental bodies and international NGOs to research botanical business diversification and economic benefits. So like she might go to a community that, for example, where Jess and I met that, that harvest shea, but maybe they don't have a great company to sell it to, or they're not getting as much money as they should be. She helps connect communities to companies that want their products. So they're getting paid a fair trade for them. And I thought that was a, just a really cool job. She's like a, go, not a go between, but like a, a little bit like, a, you know, a, a, a but a botanist, like a broker botanist, a botany broker. Yeah, like if some company is like, we're doing an acai line and wants to find a place where they can do, you know, find acai growing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's really cool. Very niche. Before she was a consultant, she actually was in-house at Liz Earle. Love Liz Earle. She was a botanical research manager there, the in-house botanist. And I actually found her this time around through the brand Naughty Hair Care, which we end up talking about. So you'll hear more about that. But she helped work with them on bringing some more botanical ingredients into their products. And she also shares stories of how different cultures rely on botanical ingredients for their ability to improve their appearance, how she's helped bring some of those ingredients to market and products, um, the stories around those ingredients, uh, her favorite botanical beautifiers, it was just like a really fun conversation. And I hope you like it, Jess Matlin. And I hope you Fat Mascara listeners like it. And let me know what you think. Let's get into it. Awesome. Welcome, Jennifer Hirsch. Welcome to Fat Mascara. How are you? Really good. Thank you. So you're the beauty botanist and we're going to get into what exactly even that means. But first, I know that you're in England and I so expected you to have an English accent and you so do not. Where are you from? Originally, I'm from Alexandria, Virginia, Washington, D.C. But I've been here for 25 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, you're British then. Let's talk about this beauty botanist title. This is a new title that I haven't seen before. What does that mean? So... It actually, I named my business that because I was doing a lot of press working for the Liz Earl Beauty Co. And I was with one of the founders and somebody said in her hearing, oh, you know, the beauty botanist. And she said to me, if you ever leave us and set up on your own, that is your brand name. And so when I did, it was the obvious thing. And actually, ironically, my first few clients were in the beverage industry. Nothing to do with beauty at all, but... Got it. So, but your training then, are you, you're a botanist by training? What kind of education do you have and how'd you get into the world of plants? So I have um, a degree in English Lit from Earlham College in Indiana. And then I did what all of us do when you graduate with a degree in English Lit and went, oh my God, what do I do with that degree? And I thought I'd be a librarian. So for somebody who loves to talk, that was probably the dumbest idea known to man. But it was the beginning of sort of the real internet search engine age and being able to search literature online and all of the science world open up. And it was interesting to me. 
And then I realized that librarians have to be quiet a lot. Hmm. And it kind of became obvious that wasn't for me. And I went to work for a fantastic garden designer and plants woman in Beaufort, South Carolina, Frances Parker. Also relatively quickly realized that while I loved working for Frances, I probably wanted to know more and get more education. And I ended up coming to work for the Archbishop of Canterbury for a summer in his garden in London. And it sort of rolled on. I was offered a place at the Royal Botanic Gardens queue to study and spent almost four years of my life there. Studying plants. Studying plants. Asking my favorite question, which is why. Yes, yes, I love that. So, but at what point did you realize that plants weren't just for like eating and looking nice in the archbishop's garden and smelling nice, but could actually be, you know, beneficial with beautifying properties and medicinal effects? Oh, probably really early. My parents were gardeners and my mom used aloe. So she had aloe on the windowsill. And if you chewed your nails in front of her, aloe has alloin in it and it's um, really bitter and it makes up a lot of those nail chewing deterrent things. And it's really like, I can still taste it in my mouth now thinking about it. It is just hideous. So very effective at getting you to stop chewing your nails though. It is. It's funny you brought up aloe because I feel like even if people aren't aware of all the benefits of plants, like aloe is the one that around the world people no aloe is a skin soother. But you weren't even talking about the soothing. You were talking about yeah. it's helping you not like chew your nails. But is it a, it is a skin is soother, a skin right? So, and it's got all this data behind it. So there's they've done heaps and heaps of really excellent science on it to show that aloe affects burns and improves burns, improves the speed of healing of wounds in hospitals. It's It's a really amazing ingredient with a huge history. So before it was studied though, and I know this is something that you, you've you also researched, eth- ethnobotany, if you will, like people around the world, before we had labs, before we were able to do like chemical analysis, people kind of knew which plants were beneficial, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of think this is like, you know, no woman keeps using a beauty product. I don't know about men. I know about women, but okay. I would assume it's the same for men. No one keeps using a beauty product if they're not getting a result. I think it's the same thing for plants. And like probably the one exception to that is anything around sex. It seems that people keep using it even if there's no real reason. But I would definitely say for anything relating to skin, we stop using it if it doesn't work. And it was the same thing. So, you know, there are ingredients that go back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And we're still using the same ingredients for give or take the same purpose today. Well, I always hear, I feel like I've seen and I've probably written, I'm sorry, a million stories where it's like, oh, Cleopatra used (laughs) insert X plant here for beautifying effects. And then I always try and fact check and I'm like, I don't know if we can fact check this. What are some examples of like, as you've studied the history of plants that like plants that keep coming up in different cultures around the world as being beneficial to beauty? So hemp is one that comes up over and over again with reference like in ancient Chinese literature to applying it to um, skin for grazes and burns and things like that. And applying like a mashed up hemp plant or like the oil of the the oil of. So we got got really good really quick at Mm -hmm. 
compressing things, whether it's mashing up an avocado or mashing up seeds to get at the oil. We got really efficient very early on at that. And that's kind of the consistent thing. So if you want ingredients with history, you're going to look for extracts and oils and essential oils Mm -hmm. because they go back. The technology used to make them on the whole isn't that difficult to do. Um, And it's, you know, usually a matter of pressing and squeezing to get something out or heating to get something out. And we've been doing it for millennia. So those are the things that when you go back and you look, you know, essential oils, again, the Chinese have been using them and they're documented as having been using them for 3,000 years, possibly more. Then why is Cleopatra get all the freaking all press? The, <laughs> I feel Because I think she was like the world's first beauty editor, right? And I guess Western culture seems to think that it's the center of the universe sometimes. So. Well, and also, let's be honest, we don't, it wasn't Cleopatra, was it? She employed someone good. I mean, <laughs> yes. that's how I figure it went because one woman is not, she was busy. She had a lot of things on. She wasn't like wandering around, trying things out, getting information from other yeah. cultures. And, you know, it's, that's unrealistic. She didn't have the time. You mentioned hemp. What are some other ones that in your studies, like again and again, keep coming up? Well, aloe comes up over and over again. Honey comes up and it's it gets thrown in there as a plant ingredient, not really. I was just like, but, is that a botanical? But yes, I see. Yeah. I, yeah. I, somehow I end up with, no matter who I'm working with, I end up with like the minerals, the clays, and honey. So it, honey definitely comes up over and over again. Things like chamomile, roses yeah. come up over and over again, calendula, some really basic historic ones. And then some of the ones we're seeing come in now as adaptogens or Ayurvedic ingredients that actually have had a huge history in India. Things like ashwagandha and well, the Chinese, the Chinese are the origin of lots of plant material. And they, it's everything from things like apples had their roots in China. All the citrus fruits had their roots in China. And Things like ginseng, where we're mm-hmm. seeing those sort of adaptogenic properties, they they all come from the East and have a really long history there. Now, when you're researching plants, clearly you have tons of them at the cute gardens and the gardens that you've worked at where you live, but have you traveled the world to do some of this work? Yeah, I mean... And sometimes I'm not traveling very far, right? I mean, I've been to a cucumber farm in the Northeast of England. What were you doing there? Looking at cucumbers, how you grow cucumbers organically. For beauty benefits? For beauty benefits, yep. Super cooling and hydrating. Okay. And also, basically, when you grow a cucumber, for the certainly for the British market, you are growing a straight, narrow cucumber that's going to be in a plastic sleeve and therefore needs to fit a certain parameter. And the ones that don't, because the growers are good, but they're not perfect, get right. put on a pile and they just rot down. So having an alternative use in a secondary market is just a much better way of walking more lightly on the planet. So you're, you've been focusing recently on looking for alternative uses to what would be food botanicals, but hey, let's use the, the ugly looking ones for beauty stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking at those things for forever. I'll look at anything basically. So I've been, yeah. I spent a lot of time in Africa um, in places like 
northern Uganda, where they have a unique variety of shea that's very different to what grows in places like Ghana. I've spent time in Benin. I've spent time... Wait, what's so special about Ugandan shea? It's shea nilotica, and it it is softer than... Mm-hmm the West African shea, so it doesn't need as much heat to, to press the oil out. Okay. And But it also, then when you have it in, when you formulate with it, it's softer at room temperature, so it creates a different kind of more luxe feel and product. Yeah, yeah. Some of it can be solid at room temperature, yeah. I know, just plain but, old shea. Is not heating it as much, does that also preserve some of like the good antioxidants and like fatty oils and stuff yeah, in and it? Yeah, and it just changes the properties of it and how it works. Oh, okay. When you heat something like that. So a lot of shea has to be super refined by heat mm-hmm. just because of how it's made. And, and so it goes, while it's soft, it goes through a refining process and that sort of thing. So the less heat you can apply overall to any oil, the better the integrity of the oil is. Have you ever found yourself like on a travel, like checking out an ingredient and just being like, how the heck did I get here? Like, Oh yeah. I mean, Northern Uganda was a really good one, but an example of that or Malawi, I mean, which is just an incredibly beautiful, very poor country. Yeah. What were you looking at uh, there? Kigalia, the sausage tree. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen that in beauty products. Yeah. And Dr. Livingston is supposed to have camped underneath. And all I can say was he really wasn't that bright because the fruit weigh like an enormous amount and coming out of the tree at you, you could do some serious damage if you got hit by a falling fruit. By a falling Kigalia fruit. Yeah. They're shaped like a sausage and they can weigh because they're, you know, they're fresh when they, obviously when they come off the tree and they're heavy. Right. Because they're full of water. But they can be two or three feet long. And that, and so what inside there is good for beauty products? So interestingly, we have, the, the extract from that has been used for firming. And the okay. women there... Clearly, bras are not a thing. Okay. However, firm breasts are a thing, which I find interesting that that's like the universal concern. So they make fresh masks, I guess is the way to put it, for their boobs from mm-hmm. slices of Kegelia to firm it up. And it turns out that the tannins and the flavonoids and the chemistry in there is firming. See, so this is what I was get- getting at. Like, okay, Maybe these women have been doing this for centuries and their you know, moms pass it down to them, but nobody had a science lab to show like, oh, the tannins are the thing that's firming up my, my breasts or whatever, right? Yeah. But it works, so they keep doing it. Yeah. They also use it in beer. So go figure, I don't know. Is there a time you've ever visited somewhere and you're like, everybody there, all the people there are like, oh, you have to try this ingredient because it does X, Y, Z. And like when you put your science hat on and really look at it, it's not, it doesn't hold up to muster. No, I've had people try and sell me things. Um, And I have to say, like, the next time I have a really big contract to negotiate, man, the women who run the Shea Cooperative in northern Uganda know the value of their product and are, like, seriously adamant that you must understand the quality of what they are offering you, whether it's Shea or Sesame, which they call Sim Sim, or Hibiscus. They're, like all over it. 
But one of the fascinating, like the Kigalia things, fascinating to me because those women in northern Uganda, not a million miles from Malawi, had never, I mean, they knew the tree because it's what we call yeah. a cosmopolitan tree. It goes wherever the conditions are right in Africa, you find it. And so they knew the tree. It wasn't hugely common, but they knew it. And they were like, what's that good for? And I was like, well, like, the rumor is, like, this is what it's good for. And they were all going to go off and try and find the tree and, and try it out. Oh, you're like single-handedly passing on, like, ethnobotany to a, well, from I culture to culture. Well, I with ethnobotany, if we're <laughs> honest. Um, right, right, right. Like, a hundred years from now, the Ugandan women get credit for it when really the Malawi cultures are what should have credit. All right, so we everybody take that one with a grain of salt. Let's get back to things that we know yeah. you know <laughs> are good are good for people. Yeah, yeah. When so things that you were naming though, you named the cucumbers and and um shea and calendula. Like people look out in the natural world and they think, oh, these are all flowers, everything's safe. We hear a lot of like, oh it's natural so it's safe. Is does that hold up around the world? <laughs> no. I mean there's context for that, right? So, yeah. like, if you ask Aristotle, who poisoned himself with plants, or, you know, the guys who eat mushrooms every year and pop their clogs, plants are no safer than synthetic chemistry. It's all down Wait, to the guys who eat mushrooms where? I'm sorry. There are people who eat mushrooms every year and die. Oh, because they're foraging and they got the wrong mushroom and they kind got of the thing? Wrong mushroom, yeah. Okay, go on. Or, or the people, I mean, if you say to a dermatologist, tea tree, they freak yeah. because they see tr- tea tree oil irritation every year. Why is that in a lot of like acne skincare products if it's irritating? Because it's all about dilution. It's all about how you use it. And that's the thing. Okay. Too much of anything isn't good for you. And that's, you know, whether like in the plant world, there are lots of things that are one form of which is safe. So if you look at castor oil, mm-hmm. it's you, we see it frequently used in beauty and in personal care and in baby products. But ricin is the poison that is made from the bean of the castor oil plant. So the extracts of the bean, the castor oil that you might put in your hair or whatever, if, if it's not made pro- right, okay. By that, in that but process, the other, bits the, of the, the other chemistry of the plant Deadly. Deadly. So do you ever see products on the shelves that use botanicals and there's just way too much of a particular natural botanical ingredient for your liking? I mean, yeah, I'm, we should also say I'm super cautious and I'm okay. like, I don't think beauty should hurt on the whole. I think if it hurts, you're doing it wrong or that's not an ingredient yeah. for you. Yeah. But there are definitely some things like clays. There are clays across the spectrum, right? A really nice white china clay, which is okay for more sensitive skins, but like that green clay that's going to suck everything out of your skin. And if you have drier sensitive skin, probably isn't the right ingredient for you. Oh, some people love witch hazel. And I think, I feel like I'm on fire when I use witch hazel. Yeah. And for me, it's also context, like how much is in that? And yeah, how are you how Can are you, you tell when... When you look at a product and you turn it over and you look at its little inky list, can you tell how much is in it if you didn't work with the company to formulate it? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. Um, I mean, it depends <laughs> on where it falls in the list. But right. And also brands do play with that inky list. And so everything underneath 1%, it's a free-for-all where you put it. 
And actually under 1% can be an incredibly effective amount for some, especially for some of the high-tech actives. Yeah. They, I mean, they can be, you can put 0.5 in there, 0.6, and that's that'll get you a substantiated science claim that they have tested and seen the benefit from that low level. Yeah. So you don't need much of certain things. And and that's why it's kind of hard to read the back of pack of something and think, yeah, I mean, like if I see alcohol really high up a pack, yeah, mm-hmm. which is actually mostly now a plant ingredient, I'll turn around and go, yep, yeah, no, not for me. Where is that alcohol coming from if it's it's a plant ingredient? What do you mean by that? It's, it's usually grain alcohol. Although, I mean, there are lots of other, any place you get sugar and you ferment, you get alcohol, right? So there are lots of opportunities. And, which goes back to your point, which is that there's things from plants that like maybe you don't necessarily you want, want or need. Yeah. yeah. Are there surprising combinations? Like if you put, I've always wondered this, because this always happens with skincare products. People are like, oh, if you put Retin-A with this thing, you just undid your work because they negate each other. When you're working with plants and working on formulations, are there plants that like cancel each other out? I think it's more their activities that cancel each other out. So, because mm. I also look at back of packs sometimes, and I and if I know that if I know the the trade name and they're listing the trade name, which sometimes brands do of ingredients, and I can think, well, that active is in, in there for tightening, and tightening is kind of like a pulling activity on your skin, because that's how it works, as opposed to like plumping, which is a pushing activity. So, if you've got something that does a lot of plumping and a lot of tightening in there, those two things are going to rub up against each other and you're not going to get any activity that's worth having because they're going to cancel each other out. So for me, that is where I kind of, I see that happening all the time and wonder like, hmm, why did you formulate that that way? So there there are cases for that. I think in terms of things amplifying not so much in topical beauty, but like St. John's wort is one where people recommend it like really casually. The list of warnings and things you should not take, it like if you're on certain drugs, you should not take. Oh, you're talking about the supplement, taking like it as, as a, a supplement. supplement or as yeah. a, I saw it in somebody's, not in, not in, in Africa, not in Europe, but I saw it on a beauty pack that was like somebody's beauty drink had it in it and I was like okay that's gonna be fun because there's people with medicines that would would interact with birth control for one so if you take this beauty drink and you're on oral um birth control it's not gonna be as effective no I doubt it will be but then it makes other things way more effective like it can really mess with the medications and it's always an example for me of yeah. how powerful plants are. That's why I'm all, I'm always cautious and want to see the due diligence for something. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line. And after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, everyone... I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's Joanna good. Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. You bring up a point, which is like, I remember when I first got into beauty, I would like go in, Freeman was big and like, they always had like avocado mask and these things. And I was like, I can make it myself. I'm crafty. And I'd go in my kitchen and I'd whip up this thing and I'd fun. But as I've gotten further in my career, I'm thinking nothing I'm going to make is going to rival what a chemist and someone like you can put together. Am I right or wrong here? It depends what you're buying. But yes, on the whole, okay. what worries me more is the safety of like somebody... If you're making it and using it and you're using ingredients like, oh, it's an avocado and honey, I'm not so worried. But you Are you also saying like, I don't know what it's going to do for you, but... Well, honey's bacteria static. Avocado is going to moisturize your skin. And oats, if you're... It depends on how blended up you've made them, but they'll probably do some exfoliation. I mean, it would work. But I also know, you know, equally... I got asked a question by somebody who was worried a product was doing something to her scalp and she was using a baking soda mask she made at home on her scalp, which was definitely the culprit and not the safety tested hair product. That's how, yeah, that sounds irritating. Yeah, well, it was. But I mean, I think that there's that, there's the safety element in terms of we put and any product that has water, definitely. We put preservatives in and they're there to keep you safe. And we do testing on product and we're super cautious and careful. I mean, in general, brands are the good guys. And then they have access to all these amazing actives that are made in a lab. And, you know, I'm not going to go around like collecting apple seeds from my apples, mashing them up, working out what the non-saponifiable, so the not soapy bits of the apple seed are, and collecting that and then putting it on my skin to get address fine lines and wrinkles. Not going to happen, right? But I can buy right. that. And that and that's your point. Right. I can't imagine the cost if, if you're buying enough and fine. Yeah, that is, it's kind of my point, but I feel a lot of people think- I mean, I can buy it in a product. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, speaking of these products, so like, I know you mentioned you were at Liz Earl. What are some of the companies that hire you and what are you doing for them? So it really varies. I've worked for, for Liz, I worked full-time as their in-house botanist. And it's how I got, my start made the transition from botany, pure botany, pure ethnobotany to beauty. Yeah. Um, and I've worked for the body shop talking about plants and bringing them to life in their launches 
around the world. Okay, so you were doing educating. It was a big part um, of your job. Well, with the press, like super fun, just bringing stuff to life, explaining how it works, why it works that way, what you can expect. Because otherwise they're kind of dull. If somebody doesn't tell you, and there are fabulous stories about them or about the people who are handling them, growing them, processing them, there's great stuff to talk about. But if no one yeah. brings it to life for you and tells the story, you're just never going to hear that stuff. So yeah, marketers, did, lo- marketers love a plant story. You don't know how many times I've been sitting in a desk side and it's like, let me tell you about this plant that, you know, it paints a beautiful picture. I remember that hair brand, um, Ojan, yeah. when that first came out. I don't even know if that's still around. And it was like, these women, you, you know, in the rainforest and they use this nut and it makes their hair grow past their butt. And it's just like, it's, it's a lovely fairy tale. Yeah, but the reality is, is there's also some great science and... If you're like me, and I know a lot of us are doing this now, you're looking to be a little bit more conscious in your purchases and that sort of thing. You can find brands that are really making a difference by doing good business and just looking at how they purchase and making considered purchases. Um, Again, that point about buying leftover cucumbers or buying a byproduct of another process. Yeah, there's this brand Loli I heard about that uses, I think it's like some seed from some fruit that they upcycle. That like the fruit is used, obviously someone eats it and then they were like, well, the seed has all this good stuff and it was just getting thrown away. And I love, I love that. That's like, yeah, and beauty to, to me, the rescue the, here. That's the future, right? Because there are a lot of us on this planet who we need to feed. And I think as much as like I'm obsessed with skincare, eating's kind of a priority, if you, you know, if forced to choose. Yes, yes. And, um, but I mean, and so I think it's great. There's actually a brand called Upcycle here who use coffee grounds. As a manual exfoliator? Yeah, and it's at the core of, of their products. I think Frank Frank's Body do the is same thing, one. yeah. Yeah. Just such a good example of greater efficiency. Right, because as as land becomes scarce, we obviously want to prioritize making food for the world's people. And like, okay, if we're growing things that are food, let's not spend a whole field on like rose petals maybe. And maybe we can figure another way to get all the rose petal benefits. She made a face though. She clearly likes rose petals. <laughs> Well, um, wait, I have I mean, to. It, I have to bring up another. Yeah. What's go ahead? What you? I, I'm our not sure how, very good. how we would do that for rose petals, but there. I mean, there's plenty of things where you can get more active from the ground. So, for example, argan, where they're collecting yeah. the nuts already. Now they're starting to collect the trimmings from the trees and make stuff out of the chemistry in the leaves that has incredible activity. Are there who and are there examples of products that are using that that are already on the market? Ooh, I'm sure. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> it's one that I've pitched and pitched and pitched, and nobody's taken me up on. I love it. It's because the, the ingredients in argan are so in the, the chemistry of the leaves are really interesting. Oh my gosh, we have a lot of beauty entrepreneurs and founders that listen to our show. So did you hear that? You can have an upcycling argon story if you contact Jen. Um, she'll help you. Yeah, I mean, there's heaps of things I want to use. That's very cool. I, You know what's funny? I have to bring up a brand. The reason I heard about you was through this brand Naughty Hair Care. Yeah. Is it pronounced Naughty or Naughty? I can't it's spelled say N-O-U-G-H-T-Y. It, so. Which And the British say Naughty. 
which I can't say. Naughty hair care. Not at, yes. I um, And early on, somebody said to me, oh, do you want to do the voiceover? And I was like, that would be okay, but I can't say the name of the brand <laughs> because if they I say know. it, it's a, when they use it, it's a, a wonderful, because it's also how they say zero is not. And so it has like a little double entendre to it because it's a, it's that they don't have all sorts of things in their products from like parabens or sulfates or silicons, but it's also that their sense of humor is quirky and a little on the, what we would say, naughty side. I get it. That's what I thought they were going for. Wait, what are in their products? They're, I know a lot of people market their products as it doesn't contain these things. And that's a very popular way to do it. But I imagine if they brought you on board, they wanted to get some good botanicals in there, right? Yeah. So they are 97% natural, which is a for, for a brand that's definitely like a mass brand is just a great figure to have been at. And they have been there for five years. Their birthday was actually, I think, yesterday. And so I think it's five years. And they use all sorts of plant oils. So you can kind of see where I'm... (laughs) They use shea and coconut and cocoa and argan and avocado and sunflower. And the list goes on because... I'm a really big fan of the benefits of oil for skin and for hair. Well, you just named a whole a whole bunch. Do you is there one star? Is it like you, formulating with a balance of all of those is what gives you the the cosmetic it, elegance and all of that? Yeah, and it, well, it's and it's not all of them in a product. It's the right ones for the purpose that you're driving. So okay, Richard, so I have thick, frizzy, cur- like wavy hair that I air dry. What do I need? You need wave hello is where you would sit in the naughty world. And you need- And what botanicals in there? The botanicals in there are like shea and mango and the really luxe kind of heavy hitters of the plant oil world because your hair will take up all of that like extra moisture and it will really help your curl. And then then. we went and we looked at all these, there are heaps of amazing hair ingredients, but we were really focused. Naughty is about high performance, first and foremost, because it comes from the founder's belief that if you don't create a performance product, there's no point because no one's going to buy it, right? It doesn't matter how wonderful um, and natural I feel like that's everyone's belief. Yes, it's got to work. That's what we started talking about. Like there's a reason yeah. hundreds of years in a row, people are putting Kigella on their boobs. Yeah, and, ex- and exactly. And, and with Naughty, it's about creating a high performance result. And that is driven very often by, especially in treatments, by high-tech actives. And so they really look at the science and they really hone down an issue for a specific hair type or specific concern, whether it's um, like brittle hair or it's curls, or it's, and that product is then formulated. And we have a discussion really early on about what ingredients have I seen, what textures are out there, what is the claim that will make a difference? Like, what is the. So thing? it's not just like argan oil for everything? Actually, not. It doesn't okay. get. Well, like, you know, because like that's a very popular oil in the hair yeah, world. So and, just... and we've used it. But I mean, we are really interested in a lot of the extracts that are coming out of the stuff that you chuck when you make white bread flour, right? Wheat bran and wheat germ. And there's 
just an amazing amount of work going on in the science of the chemistry of part of wheat bran. So it's it becomes like micro-level science. They're really looking at what's in that chemistry. And then they're looking at the problems people are facing, the challenges. So they're looking at pollution. They're looking at... Um, will curl, but they're looking at hair that's more brittle and finer. Mm. I mean, it's whatever it is, there are scientists out there looking at it and they're addressing it with really interesting things. We've um, been working recently with a pea ferment and Mm -hmm. anything fermented becomes, it's just fascinating. And I've used those ingredients for other things, not hair for skin before, but Seeing that you know, seeing how it works on the scalp and in the hair is amazing. And I've I have had a pr- I mean it's peas that sit in a vat and start fermenting, and the <laughs> extract of that ferment and all the little pre pro postbiotics in there is good for beauty. Is mm, what you're saying? I would just say go look for a product that's got it in it, but because I'm it not isn't. saying go make it at home. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Just for um, people I'm who might not that know what you're going to like have a vat in your apartment of like peas No, 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 no. But around. I just wanted to explain like am I explaining a ferment right? I don't know. Like clearly not. <laughs> That's why you're here. Yeah, and they use it's called peas are called lupins and so they they use lupin ferment for as a base for a lot of things to create um in like a synergy with other ingredients. So okay. there's a great one out there that does breast firming. And is a pea-based, a pea and I want to say algae maybe, chlorella ferment. There, I mean, the um, what what product is that that you're talking about? Not that that's not in a hair product, but that that's out yeah. there. So when we start to example. look for things and peas yeah. come up, I get excited because the plain old garden pea has all this potential and power. What are some What are some other brands you've worked for besides this hair brand? You said the Body Shop. Um, like if I went to a store, would I see stuff that like brands that you worked on? Sure. Um, I so I still work with Naughty every day, mm-hmm. um, almost at, on something, and I also um, work with Declior, the sure. yeah. French brand based a lot on, around essential oils. Um, and then I work with little brands that you'll see in more niche retailers like Net-a-Porter and places like that. Brands like. Annie DeMamiel I've worked with, and I've worked with Amley. I don't know Amley. What's Amley? So Amley is two women who, one is an organic farmer and the other is a therapist. And they started their, they've been best friends forever. And they, and they started a brand together using the spring water off the organic farm. And they, their first three products were facial mists. Oh, nice. No one ever, I mean... Who launches a brand with three facial mists? Well, the two of them did, and they've grown organically, and they are incredibly rigorous in their material selection from, like, the plant ingredients. Everything that goes in that bottle, they have questioned and queried. So for me, I love working with them because I learn and they challenge, and it's, you know, and the results are just gorgeous. The smells are gorgeous. The textures are to die for. I mean, they're just beautiful, beautiful products. I did work early on on the briefing. So some, I work in different ways. So body shop, I just do press, but a naughty, I work from the beginning to the end of 
product development, but also talking to the press or training or doing customer service, whatever, wherever there's a plant thing, and my fingers probably touch it. But there are other brands where I might be involved in the birth process of the brand and, and helping with values and really define where they're coming from and what that means in terms of plant ingredients and how they use them and what sort of how you can use plants to reflect who you are as a brand. And then I might help with the product briefs and then I might never touch the brand again. So there's one brand that's like that is a little brand for kids called Spots and Stripes that's for tweens and teens. And, you know, it was I got to develop the fragrances with her. And it was uh, the, the most wonderful experience of like talking about mown grass smells with the perfume yeah. and just how do we achieve that and, you know, really highly naturally. And yeah, I mean, so for me, the exciting bit is that there's some brands that I have a long, long relationship with, like, you know, in the case of Naughty, or there's some brands where I dip in and dip out and I might be there for three or four months to resolve a problem. But you get to see the inside of, I mean, for me, they're like little jewels. Each one's so different and the challenges are different in the people and then the ingredient array and how they're using them. It's just, you know... I like to learn and I like to ask why. So for me, I have like the world's best job ever. I have to ask after working with all these brands, I'm sure your medicine cabinet is a glory to behold, but like what are some of your favorite, your personal favorite beauty products these days? What are you using? Um, so I definitely, my the first facial that I ever had that didn't hurt was a Declover <laughs> facial. And that is how I met the brand like 20 years ago. And I love the Neroli Aromessence still. And a that classic. is a definite favorite. I, God, if you went in my cabinet, what it, I, I have any, I'm a balm person. So mm-hmm. um, if it comes in a balm, I'm probably hooked. I am using Francis Prescott's three-in-one tri-balm. Um, as one of my cleansers, I'm using... Oh, a cleansing balm. Or you yeah, just like, like balm a, textures a, in I general. Like any, it, it doesn't matter if it's a balm, I'm into it. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. like I'm a sucker for them. And I don't know what it is about the texture. I have dry skin, curly, dry hair, dry scalp. I'm like the Sahara Desert. Like there's never enough moisture in my life. So uh, yeah, Amley, I can't say enough about the face mists. Um, and they're, I love their cleansing balm. It's a balm. They also have a, a sleep <laughs> serum that's a balm. What from Annie, De, you mentioned Annie DeManuel. Is there a product from that line? Um, yeah, if you travel her, she does um, like an inhalation essence. And, it's, and it helps you, I find, it helps me keep from getting colds. Although now wearing a mask, it might be a bit different. But also she does these seasonal oils and they're always slightly different. And they're just, I mean, they are magical. Really, really magical. And That sounds lovely. Yeah, uh, any, any facial oil, I will probably be kind of a fan of. You sound like me. I'm like, just give me all the moisture, more moisture. Yeah, more it's moisture. the same. And and you said you have um, like dry hair. What styling product like will you put in your hair after you're out of the shower? So I have to say, I use a lot of naughty because there's a lot of it in my life. Yeah. What's the what's the the, the curl cream is? I use a curl primer and a curl cream. 
Okay. And they have just launched Frizz Magic, which is anti-frizz. And that, we we started working on it, you know, it, everything takes time, right? In beauty, it takes time to make yes. product. So that product, we started working on maybe 18 months, two years ago. And when we, the version that is now the finished version came through my hands and I called the director of product and said, I need more of this. And she was like, well, you know, and I was like, I am going to hold your children hostage. I need this. <laughs> this must this be is good. like the most fabulous thing. And I'm sure the people with fine hair or people for whom frizz is not a problem think I'm crazy, but it is, it is it for me life-changing as a shampoo and conditioner, just amazing. And those are the, th- you know, those are the things where you think- Those are some of your babies- like, I couldn't live without that product. And I didn't know I need... It's the products that you don't know you need that somebody gives you. And you're like, where was that in my life? (laughs) I mean, I've had um, Declaro make these beautiful 100% natural um, night balms. And, I, you know, I love them and I love them all. And they all smell nice and they have great oils and they're different textures. But they recently made a rosemary one. And it it shouldn't be for me, right? It's for skins that, that are prone to breaking out and that sort of thing. But if I think I'm going to get a spot, I'm in there with that. And it, yeah, I, I will carry that around with my Body Shop tea tree oil in my bag forever and a day because those are just I, I staples. They're the things you can't, you think, oh, no, you know, I can't not have that. She's stockpiling over in the closet <laughs> in case they stop making it. I love it. Well, all you know, they used like the body shop used to make this great hemp balm. Again, balm. There's a theme, um, and they stopped making it. And I wish I'd known they were going to stop making it because I would have bought all the stock. Oh, I know. We get all the time from listeners uh, that something's discontinued, and they they buy all the dead stock, and like then it's just it's gone. Yeah. Well, those are some new ones for me to check out and for our listeners, thanks for sharing. Before I let you go though, I we do this with every guest that comes on and you are, you have to do it too. It's the Fat Mascara 5. It's a quick speed round. Are you ready for the questions? Yep. Okay. What's the first beauty product you remember falling in love with? You're going to laugh. It was Noxema. My grandfather used the opposite Noxema. of like everything we just said. Yeah, yeah, but my grandfather used it, and he had the most beautiful skin. and And I remember, as a little yeah. kid, it's the first beauty product I remember being like, "The smell I love is the like, smell of that." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, sorry, Noxema. No, that's a great menthol. Sure, it's probably from a plant. They're menthol, so <laughs> I mean, it's I fine. Used it in 30, 40 years, but you know. No, it's a first first love. Um, if there was one rule you wish everybody would follow, what would it be? Be kind. Been getting that one a lot lately, but yes, God, it's an excellent people answer. People just aren't. Be kind and smile. Smile. Okay. What's your favorite snack? Sadly, really weirdly, um, raw mushrooms. What? Yeah, just like fresh. Which raw a mushrooms. particular a particular type? No, like I'm a not fussy. like a button. Yeah, like okay. butter, chestnut. This or- is on brand though for the beauty botanist, I have to say. Trendy and on brand. I like it. What's your most favorite, uh, or what's the song that's most played on your playlist right now? So I went and had a look and it's actually, this is embarrassing. She did her it's, homework. Um, Peter and the Wolf by Prokofiev because I try not to listen to music with lyrics in it when I'm 
working because it, I find it distracting. So I end up listening That's to that classical music. That's that musical poem where like each instrument is a different animal, right? Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love it. That's all right. It helps you concentrate. But so I looked and then like after that, it was like smash mouth all stars, which is bizarre. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Eclectic. That's me. I like it. And last question, if there were to be a movie made of your life, we obviously have to call it The Beauty Botanist, who would narrate it? So does it have to be somebody living? No. If it's somebody living, then it's a a girlfriend of mine who's an actress, Caroline Quentin, who makes me laugh. And I just think she'd be great at that. But if it's somebody who is dead... My poetry lecturer in college was a guy named Paul Lacey, and he had the most beautiful voice you have ever heard. And it was really risky because poetry was two hours after lunch, and he had this voice. And I can just remember, like, sitting there with my fingers holding my eyelids open. Well, we don't want to put people to sleep with your movie, Jen. No, you had this voice (laughs) that you could just listen to and just mesmerizing. So, yeah, that would be mine. Because somebody's got to make plants either funny or fascinating one way or the other. Because they need champions. Well, I think you're doing a pretty good job at that. I'm fascinated. I don't know if we had a funny plant story, but we had a lot of stories. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much. It's been a joy. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at Fat Mascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 